Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I mean, what's that football focus doing? Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. As a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PML. Do you not understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco? And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So Who cares about what people think about us. Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. All right, welcome into the PFF NFL podcast. No Steve Palazzolo here. He's talking to NFL teams while we're sitting here listening to people, interviews, podiums, all that kind of stuff. He's sitting in there in the, the meeting rooms talking to GMs, bigwigs, ghosting us out here. I th- yeah, and I don't like that. Okay. No, I know. I'm, I'm going to give him a piece of my mind when I see yeah, him later. I think you should. So anyway, we, we don't have Steve, so we got uh, Seth Galina here. You could have had another Steve. There's another Steve sitting right Steve a lot Ruiz of Steve's from the Ringers right in front of us. Very true. Um, we're going to talk quarterbacks. Because this is a weird draft year where normally QBs are the guys go to the top of the draft, right? You rewind 12 months, we were saying maybe five guys go in the top six picks. It ends up going one, two, three. We get them all off the board by 15. Now we're heading into this year and everybody you talk to in Indy is like, these guys aren't good. (laughs) This is not not a good group of quarterbacks. Where do you stand on them overall? Yeah, I mean, I made the tweet... um last week or whatever that like every quarterback in this class is qb3 like there's no right there really just isn't like a quote-unquote generational guy in this in this in this class so it's going to be interesting like which teams fall in love with which guy because look at the end of the day would you agree that we are going to see a guy a quarterback get picked in the top 10 yeah it's gonna happen right it's just gonna happen yeah and that's crazy to me given what we've seen from these quarterbacks over their careers or over the last year of 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 them playing college football i think there are obviously some guys who you probably have they're all potential guys right yeah i think some of them maybe have that kind of quote-unquote more potential just because of their athletic abilities yeah i do think it's important yeah absolutely we'll get to that in a second but first The PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home, planning on starting a family, wondering how to make your money grow. 
Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. The way that read is written, I thought it was going to say uh, your playbook of life. I was like, wow, that's getting that's getting pretty pretty deep yeah for, uh, my for issue is that i don't read. have a playbook for life i'm just I mean, I'm I rolling through it i think that's a lot of our problems yeah. right now um yeah so i keep thinking about what year this group of quarterbacks kind of compares to right because the last season where there wasn't a kind of clear group of good quarterbacks was that 2013 year yeah. the ej manual season which everyone sort of pulls out as the year that had no good quarterbacks it didn't really have good players period if you look at that draft it's like one of the worst draft classes, yeah. especially in the first round of all So time. I don't think, it's not like that, right? This group is not the EJ Manuel class where you're like, there are no quarterbacks here, and but right. one of them is going to go in the first round because that's just the way of the world. And we're like, we're desperately clinging to EJ Manuel's senior ball week and wasn't, being like, he can be it. He can be it. Wasn't the thing with, with the, the Bills that the owner just like wanted a quarterback. Yeah. So they took a quarterback. Right. Because he was like, I'm I'm at the end and I guess he sold the team a couple of years after to the to the Pegulas and then like Yeah. And EJ Manuel, you know, had a decent senior bowl relative to everybody else and was like, all right, he's the guy. We're, we're taking him. That's it. Done. So there you go. What it reminds me of is more the twenty eleven season minus Cam Newton. So if you took Cam Newton off, who was like the one superstar, insane college quarterback, just you know mind blowing in, in college. After that, it was like, now we're talking up all these really flawed guys yeah. and convincing ourselves that Christian Ponder is a first-round quarterback and Jake Locker can put it all together and Blaine Gabbard's got the tools. And, like, that's what this group feels like to me. Here's, here's the nice thing, though, about where the NFL is in 2011, which is not even that long ago, you know, a decade ago, compared to where it is now. It's like, I think, I think the NFL has created offenses – We've actually talked about this, but like the NFL has created offenses that you can plug in a quote unquote developmental guy right. and have some success um, because the offenses aren't like, you know, we're not running West Coast offense anymore. Like we're not going crazy with all these super um, incredible timing reads and blah, blah, blah. Like we're just letting quarterbacks play. It, we're, we're giving them RPOs and one read things, define yeah. things, all the play action, et cetera. So. So like the results will be better, I think, from this class. Even if the, even if like the quarterbacks are literally the same, the results will be better from this class. I think there's a couple of things. There's one what you're saying, which is the NFL generally has developed in such a way that it's closer to college anyway, right? So remember, you go back a few years and there was this like this uh, like fear mongering that the spread in college. It's going to break the NFL because the NFL is not running spread and all these QBs are going to come out. They have no idea how to play QB and like the whole system's going to break. And then what happened is the NFL just went, well, all right, actually the spread stuff kind of works. Yeah. So let's just start adopting a bunch of that and a lot of those schemes. And actually that has the byproduct of smoothing the transition for these guys anyway. So the NFL generally has made, I don't want to say playing quarterback easier, but playing quarterback to at least a floor easier to come in and be viable, I think is easier than it was. Yeah. Um, but no, then the, the second no. thing is it's also better at taking an offense and building it around a weird skilled set player, right? A guy that doesn't have prototypical cookie cutter Peyton Manning type of this is what we want to see. The NFL used to take those guys and just like try and make them work anyway. Yes. Now they look at a guy and go, well, all right, this guy doesn't play like Peyton Manning. So how do we make him good? And you go back to 2011 
They weren't doing that. Now they might actually give it a shot. I think the level of quarterback play, like the individual quarterback play, has gotten better. And that just has to do with how early these guys are getting coached by private coaches, going to 7-on-7 seven seven camps and all that stuff. With that said, it, like, it's not like quarterbacks are like so much better that that um, you can just, you know, they get drafted and they can play right away. It's just like like you said, the, the offense has come down for them. Quarterbacks are all bad. This is the thing that we all have to understand. <laughs> if you if you if you take the mentality that all draft pro- quarterback prospects are bad, um, it, it's a lot of stress like relieved from you. So you take that and you're like, okay, well, let's build an offense around, like you said, weird, unique guys. I mean, Jalen Hurts does not throw the ball over the middle of the field. Guess right. what? They made the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, it came to a it came to a to a to a tipping point right it might put a in the cap Bucks on how good yeah, you can be of course. but it, 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 you can do stuff with it exactly so i think and you're just going to see teams um you know the rpo stuff is fascinating because this year i just wrote about it last week on pff.com um we saw the most downfield throws downfield rpo throws so like rpos get 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 um bucketed in the same like if you throw a bubble screen that's an rpo but if you right. throw a slant that's an rpo also but like which plays are we getting getting major yards off of? It's like slants and posts and stuff like that. We saw the most we've ever seen in one season in 2021. So like, okay, well, there's Malik Willis, there's Sam Howell, there's Matt Corral. Like, just Which, put him there. It's funny because people were sort of almost writing eulogies for the RPO not that long ago. It was like, oh, RPO has exploded on the scene. Uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs offense, and then Doug Peterson takes it to Philadelphia, and then all of a sudden it sort of goes away, and everyone's like, well, the RPO's done. It's like the Wildcat. It's over. We're finished now. And it isn't. It's just evolving. It's changing. I'm glad you brought up PFF.com, though, because <laughs> right now you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use the promo code oh, NFLPOD. T-W-O-H-I-G-H. No, no, no. Look, you're on this podcast now, and this is the promo code we use. NFLPOD will get you 25% off any subscription. And it might might or might not be the only place where you can get that. Okay, but here's the thing. No, you guys no. have like you you guys have you guys have been doing it for a long time. You uh-huh. guys are a great podcast. You guys have a lot of listeners. Two high podcasts been around for like eight months. Uh-huh. So I'm l- talking to you people who are listening to the PFF NFL podcast. Yeah. If you're gonna use the promo code, yeah, use ours. No, no, use too high T W O H I G H. So that so that when my bosses come to me and say, "Wait, how come?" Um, you've, you know, like what's going on with your promo mm. code stuff. I'd be like, Hey, look, we got a bunch of new people. So see what we like to think of ourselves as is, you know, the big corporate monopoly that, that puts the squeeze on the little guy. Right. And really takes advantage I'm feeling of our, it right of our now. status. Just, your aura is, you know, like there's, there's just, me. there's no point in being Facebook. If you're not going to buy up every competitor and stop them out of existence. Right. Like, otherwise that's how the world works. This is, this is capitalism in America. I moved over to this country. And if I've learned one thing. It's how to exploit my position at the top of the food chain here on our podcast and make sure people are using our promo code and nobody else's. So, so that's what we're going to do. All of PFF's locked article content, the NFL Draft Guide, which is pretty awesome. It's getting better year on year. It's amazing. Um, it's one of the most beautiful pieces of work. It's really... It's sort of like art design and yeah, graphics. And, yeah, and they've, again, they've been moving that forward every year. But this is like the first year where I've looked at me and like, wow, that's like, that's really actually attractive looking. That's a really nicely design piece of thing you've been moving in the right direction but this is a big leap forward um unlocked mock drafts <clears throat> unlocked mock draft simulator 2022 free agent rankings that we've all been a part of uh putting up there data and grades from the entire 21 season 2021 season and beyond like way back into the 
the Ether 2014 for college, uh, 2006 for the NFL, uh, and plenty more. So use the promo code support the podcast, it says here, our podcast, and use promo code NFL pod for 25% off any subscription. Okay, let's talk <coughs> about you, um, both of us. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I'm kind of technically American, but both of us not really being American. <laughs> But I want to. I want to. I was technically American. What does that mean? Well, I was born in New Orleans, but I was raised not in New Orleans. Okay. So um, you have you're I, an American I, citizen? No, I'm a, I'm a Canadian citizen. Okay. I have both passports, though. You got both. So you're. So you can't. You, can you be dual American citizenship? I think so. Yeah. I never really no, looked into it. That's I just, what I'm planning on doing at some point. Okay. So there you passing go. the citizenship test and then being able to like travel freely without, without having to show a green card and stuff to prove I belong here. Well, you don't belong here, but that's well, a whole true. other story. Um, no, I wanted to ask you. So you you played you played corner. I played wide receiver, then corner, then safety. What, as the, the legs started to go. Okay, let's go through the three here. Okay, what was your play style like in his position? So I was a shifty route running type of receiver, a you know an Emmanuel Sanders type of guy that wins with quickness with route running with you know fakes and all that kind of stuff my i was actually i wasn't a bad receiver my problem was i didn't trust my own hands so like in my relative it's a problem to my for own, a lot of players man relative to my own expectations i'm like i i dropped too many passes right and it was pissing me off relative to like other people in the league i'm like I, it's fine but in my own head it was a problem enough that i was like i'm gonna move to corner where i don't have to catch as much right and it turns out catching a pass not intended for you is way easier than catching one that's intended for you oh okay i have the I complete opposite I no think, so yeah, as yeah. soon as it wasn't intended for me i was like flying up one handing it out of the sky i'm like this is easy <laughs> once you're not once you're, it doesn't matter if you only deflect it away it's great once when when you actually as soon as you deflect away and drop it you're like oh no i just ruined the play so i moved to corner and did that and then safety it was coverage it was like deep lying single high rangy free deep safety. line playmaker yeah, yeah. andrew pirlo of safeties we had a defense that so we had a couple of good corners we had me at free safety we had a really good coverage unit and we played in a league where like you could just establish the run and grind people into dirt so our defense up front couldn't stop the run <laughs> we're like can you please just make the pass and we will pick off like five passes today and our defense couldn't. So we you, were just you guys were the 2021 Los Angeles Chargers. It was so bad. There was one game we played against a team that had like a 250-pound running back. We couldn't stop them. And I got late in the game, and it got to the point where I was like, I'm, I, was, I told the corners, I was like, guys, you're on your own. I'm literally not playing coverage anymore. <laughs> I don't care what the, what the play call is. I am charging at the line of scrimmage. Because if this guy got through to me, I literally couldn't stop him. He was 250. The best I can do here is bring him down where I grab him, plus the three yards that he falls over me. And that's not good for anybody. It, it's funny. Like, I, I've been in situations like coaching defense where I'm never going to be in the situation to think, oh, we're getting run on. So let's just not play a real defense. Like, right. let's play cover zero. Like, let's play cover zero. And I need people to tell me this. And I have a good, a good one of my favorite, one of my good friends is a coaching buddy of mine. Like, he'll be like, no. It's okay if we play cover zero and we do not cover, like the we just don't have don't have a deep safety or a half yeah. field safety, um, because we need we need to stop the run. Like at some point we need to stop the run. So I I need to learn that as a coach. Sometimes. Well, it's funny because I think the lower down the level, the lower you down get, the level. Not, the, I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. doing it in the NFL. Like the but more like, the more extreme things like that yes. become, and you can go look. Yes. Actually, we the most important thing right now is just trying to get bodies in the way of this dude because he's he's a freaking bulldozer and we're yeah. getting murdered. 
Um, yeah, so that's that's my glorious. Yeah, this is playing career. Um, this is where we're gonna splice in the footage of me in my flag football league from Sunday night. Okay, oh, that, right, right. That's how we're gonna do it. Yeah. Right okay. There's like there's one there's one video of me catching a pass on YouTube somewhere. Oh, that's, I'm gonna uh, find it. It's actually pretty terrible because <laughs> <laughs> playing wide receiver, badly underthrown deep ball down the sideline, right? So I kind of come back for it, catch it here, and took my eyes off and started running. Only I hadn't really caught it. So there's a bit where you can you can just about see me sort of realizing as I'm running, having to grab back and get it again, and then take off and run. And then I got flagged for spiking the ball as a celebration. So it was uh, pretty fun. You were playing the no fun league. Yeah. Apparently that was illegal and I got flagged for it. I also got flagged once for uh, face guarding, which literally wasn't a penalty in the league. I'm never sure. Is face guarding a penalty? It's not a penalty in college and it is in the NFL or something like that. I always forget. I think it's, it was in the, the other way around. I don't it's know. It's not in the NFL or it was. But anyway, it wasn't yeah. where we played um, and I got flagged for it. Still remember that 25 years oh, yeah. later. I, I hold a grudge pretty well, <laughs> pretty well. Um, so let's get back to this group of quarterbacks. Do we have to? <laughs> I mean, look, I don't think we can sustain an entire podcast talking about our glorious football playing yeah, careers. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Not one that people want to listen to. That's that true. Way. That's right. That's right. Um, so if you're this group of QBs, who's the one guy that you're going to talk yourself into or that somebody's going to talk themselves into drafting in the top 10? It's honestly, and I, I, you could you could really find a reason for all of them, I think, for like the five, I guess there are. At the end of the day, if if, if you're talking about like, I want to see if you how you feel about this because I think when we're looking at quarterbacks, like you probably need some sort of A plus trait, elite trait, right? And I always go back to the Tua example, where Tua's thing was supposed to be, you know, he's like. B plus arm strength and B plus accuracy and like, you know, B mobility or whatever. Um, but A plus processing. It was supposed to be processing. Right. But like we can't really use processing as a trait. Like that is not we just don't know. We don't know enough about the the transfer from college to NFL in terms of processing to really use that ever. So then it's like, okay, well then what does Tua have as an elite trait that he could just fall back on all the time? Herbert, we know what it is. I don't have to tell your audience what it is burrow we know what it is uh, you know the, the accuracy um with lamar it's the running right you know there's right. something all these quarterbacks have some sort of elite trade that as they're growing up in the league they can just fall back on and 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 like give themselves a floor so like when i look at it that way and trying to like not draft tua again <laughs> like i'm sorry like i know it's only been two years and i'm, I'm not ready to write him off i'm not ready to write him off right now but at the end of the day he, he hasn't played great for yeah. two years right so if you're trying not to do that again well it's malik willis because right. he has a plus if he comes he comes into the league right now uh you know if if, if lamar is like the s tier quarterback runner he's tier one like he's right below that or maybe even in that same group he's a legitimately awesome runner and then the, the arm strength is off the charts um and i know he's not inaccurate i don't think he's like pinpoint accurate but he's really, he actually is pretty accurate so that's the guy just give yourself a yeah. floor now he has more he has processing problems like it's bad it's it's really not good but at the same time like kind of screw it because like what is what is your max with Kenny Pickett? What is your max with yeah. Sam Howell? Like I that's don't the thing. that's like, the issue, right? To me, from the moment that playoff game between Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes <sighs> happened, you're like that changes the way people Everything. are going to look at this draft. Yeah. Because if you're sitting there in that game and you have 
whatever, like a random, if you have Tua, right? If you have a random quarterback that's just somewhere in the middle, right? You're looking at that and you're like, what are we doing? Like, we can't compete with that. We're not, this is not a, this, we're a different game. It's not, These yeah. guys are insane. Like, watch, honestly, like watching Garoppolo play. Right. So that's for yeah, me, though, know, what it is. There's no, there's no conceivable, it's not within his range of outcomes to do that ever. So if they do that and we have him, we're done. Like that game is literally already over before we play it. Um, so I think it changes everything for teams sitting there with one of those QBs. I think it also changed everything for teams looking at this draft and being like, okay, none of these guys are great. Which one can even get there? Like which one, well, if you look at that, you know, that bell curve of like the range of possible outcomes, whose curve even reaches that point? And it's only... Malik Willis. Really, that's what it is. And yeah, he might have some flaws and he's got some weird uh, um, data traits in terms of like sack rate and yeah. the amount of scrambles and all these kinds of things. A lot of things that would make you go, I don't know, but he's got that freakish arm. He's got crazy athleticism. And like he, he almost reminds me of like, what if you supercharged Jalen Hurts' arm yes. and made him like target anywhere he wanted? Like, he, I think he's, he's that kind of runner more than he's a Lamar runner. Um, maybe a little bit better, but he's got an insane arm. His highlight reel of throws ridiculous. Is out of control. Um, and you can work with that. Like we've already seen with Hertz, you can work. And with it's that. like, okay, yeah. Like we look back in five years, and I don't, I'm just naming like Pickett. And Pickett, Pickett is like a, a top ten quarterback in the league. And it's like just literally just because he, they hit on process, he figured it out. Right. But it's like, do you want? Do you, is that is that the type you want to? Is that what you want to do if you're if you're spending that, all this yeah. money on a quarterback? He's the guy I think that ha- I mean he almost has to be the first quarterback off the board because he's the one guy that fits that category of like upside traits, whatever it is. The ceiling is just highest, and if you're not, if none of these guys are sure things, go for the guy with the highest ceiling and hope you hit it. Um, yeah, like would, would would I take him above Lawrence and Fields and even Lance last year? Probably not. Right. Wilson, um, I wasn't huge on Wilson last year, but like in the middle. But like that's that's the thing. Like we don't have those quarterbacks in this class, so yeah. like I guess he's going. I guess I would take him first. So a couple of guys, Not first overall, right? First, but of the first quarterbacks. quarterback. A couple of guys I want to talk about. Um, Sam Howell is the one of the intriguing things about this QB class is that almost all of them tanked in their final season relative to like where they were supposed to go, right, and get better and keep developing and become those top ten draft picks that we were expecting a year ago. And almost none of it didn't happen for anybody except Kenny Pickett. He was yeah. the one guy that had the good year. So when you start looking at why, right, why did these things, why didn't they get better the way we thought they were going to? You can make excuses for all of them. You can make all of those things. Sam Howell is the one guy where the excuses to me make the most sense. Yeah, the surrounding talent. Right. And the surrounding talent, the fact that they pivoted offense, Wh- that he went Which actually heavy. impressed me the most because I was expecting a not a good year from Sam Howell. Because the because talent. of the talent was was and I and my thing was always the same like where, um, especially in the run game, now the offensive line wasn't great at, at North Carolina his three years there, but you know with with Javante Williams and Michael Carter you were like hey first and ten run if I hand the ball off right. I'm going to be in second and four, and that changes who you are because you're not in third and eights all the time, and then honestly the running game wasn't as good and he was still good. But again, maybe not the level that we wanted, right? And he became this, like, dominant rushing threat himself. Like, he was busting tackles. He started running himself like a fullback. That was something I don't think many people saw He changed his game a bit this year. Right, a lot. Um, So, 
based off, if you look back and you sort of say, well, we thought Sam Howell was going to become this top 10 QB prospect, right? He'd shown a lot last year. If he gets better, the usual sort of development arc, he's got the tools, he's got the arm, he's got the ability, and apparently he's got a rushing threat that we didn't necessarily think he had. Um, like he's the one guy, he's a guy as well that makes some sense to me yeah. to be talked into, right? If you can explain away those things and say, they, I get why he didn't develop the way we thought. And I think his... I wrote about this on pff.com and you can use the promo code too high to no. um, <laughs> you can get that one. It's your article. Yeah. I'll, I'll add that one. Well, just like, what is, what is the issue here with Howell? And I really think his, his feet aren't great in terms of like staying quote unquote composed in the pocket and, you know, going through his progressions in the, in this efficient manner that you, you teach quarterbacks. But then I'm like, okay, well let's fix it. Right. And then we have a quarterback there. But then the, 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 the issue is I said that about Sam Darnold. You know, Sam Darnold was this tight end who played quarterback in, at USC. We're in this weird, weird world now where I don't think people know what's fixable anymore. It's because crazy. Because all the things you used to think you couldn't fix, Josh Allen came along and broke it all, right? It's like you can't, you can't teach accuracy. Well, it turns well, out apparently you can. Yeah. Like you could, apparently you can completely overhaul a guy's mechanics and teach him how to be accurate the, you know, the, in the space of three years. The Herbert thing is funny because I, I read an article um, on the Ringer, I guess, about and, it was, and the, the journalist who's sitting in front of us right now was talking to Herbert's uh, quarterback coach, John Beck, I believe. And the idea there was like, well, Oregon was not getting on him for a lot of stuff. Right. Like, hey, you're, you're super talented. We're winning games, obviously, because we recruit better than the Pac-12 at the time. And we're just, we're fine. Like, we're, it's fine. Like, don't worry about it. And you're our best player. And you're so our best player. we're not going to get on you for this stuff. Exactly. And can... then, and then he, co- he goes with Beck, you know, Herbert goes with Beck in the offseason and they fix whatever needed to be fixed. And all of a sudden, here's your quarterback. And then this plays into like a bigger conversation about like, what are we looking at when we're looking at quarterbacks in the draft or any position in the draft is like, are we projecting negatives on him that he just wasn't asked to do? Right. Like Herbert wasn't asked to do this. Um, Justin Fields. We had this whole conversation last year, Justin Fields. What was Justin Fields asked and not asked to do? Yeah. Um, That was my first like takeaway of watching Justin Fields tape. You're watching that offense and you're like, Oh, this is going to be a real pain in the ass to evaluate because what is this receiver like, talent this is, is ridiculous not, and they're spread and receiver they just, talent's insane the offense is not asking him to do anything complicated it's just like drop back look at olave wait till he's open and hit him like what the hell is that i mean that that's great my, my it's, favorite it's dominating but it's not much use yeah, for the nfl my favorite thing about the Ohio state offense and it nobody will press their receivers okay because of who you have there for the past yeah. seven years right you, can. you can't press the receiver so so what you end up seeing on tape a lot from both from from all the players and especially like the last from like Fields and now Stroud this year, as Ryan Day has kind of retooled it to be more vertical because they're like, well, screw it, we have all these players, let's just be vertical, right? Um, is you get these like deep out routes and deep comeback routes because everyone is so far off. Yeah, and it's like so that you can evaluate a bit, but then like you said, it's just like, well, let me just wait for this. Yeah. 18 yard speed out to and hit yeah, and right. it's like well line, that's a comp- that's an explosive player just- and the line holds up and all he has to do is drop back and stand there waiting for this thing to be open and fire the ball in there you're like this is a useless play for nfl and evaluation other what, than having the arm to yeah do the that. arm's trying to do that and the 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 and i and i love and i actually love fields fields for me was as a generational type of prospect but um the funny thing is when Ohio State played michigan this year and uh, they did score some points and they moved the ball a bit but 
Michigan pressed Ohio State receivers more than any team had pressed them in through our data in like five, six years. And it was like, oh, now all of a sudden that offense, I don't know, I don't want to get into a tangent on like literally the, <laughs> the Ryan Day, you know, I said offense, but like, oh, all of a sudden the offense is a little different now. That yeah. You get pressed. Anyways, it's, it, it is so an I important point, I just wanted to sound though. smart there. Yeah, yeah it's good. Well done. Um, it's an important point, though, that like when we're looking at these guys, particularly this year, and it's like they've got flaws, they've got whatever, mechanical problems, whatever the problem is. I think we're in this weird, weird world now, given the last few years of quarterbacks to come into the league where I don't know that people understand anymore what is fixable and what isn't. And I think that can work in a few different ways. There are going to be teams out there that think they can fix everything yeah. and start drafting any toolsy quarterback, regardless of his flaws, and be like, we did it with Josh Allen, let's do it again. And then there are going to be other teams who sort of look at that and go, no, look, you still can't fix whatever it is. Like the one unicorn isn't changing our opinion on this. And they're going to potentially miss out on guys that you could have fixed, like Josh Allen. Well, and the thing with Allen, from what I remember reading about him after year two, when you know, and he was going into year three and had that incredible breakout in year three, was they they figured they did some like biomechanical tests and like I don't know what, and they found that he wasn't generating any power or like they. Yeah, they basically he wasn't generating power from his hips to start the the throwing process, and they fixed it with whoever his quarterback coach, maybe like Jordan Palmer or whatever. And what it did was, besides the fact that it that it that he start, he started the the process of throwing like like a normal like you're supposed to, <laughs> sorry, like you're supposed to, he it stabilized a lot when you start from the hips and you're able to like fire the hips right. first and then everything comes after it stabilized a lot of things else. They need to just get them on the, uh, the Dak Prescott dance routine. Well, that, but no, but, you know, it's funny. That's what it was. Like, that's what, that's what, when you see Dak do that stuff and you see all, and you see Brady do all that stuff that he does uh, pregame. That's weird. It's all about firing, being able to, I'm going to sound smart again, <laughs> being able to disassociate the hips and the chest. Yeah. Like get the hips firing and then the chest lags behind to create the torque you need to throw the football but it but it, what it does is it stabilizes your arm and you become a little bit more accurate so you're getting the power and the accuracy from the same thing but it's like okay yes it happened to josh allen this is a really cool thing that i'm saying about biomechanics guess what every other quarterback who's in the league gets that type of has the money to spend on these type of machines sure. and does did sam Darnold ever get better no nope so never happens um, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem. Ugh, gambling problem. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, so... I get people. People don't like when I do my ad reads. Your ad reads are are something. Okay. Something. All right. Well, then, never mind. 
What, no, go no I was going to try and bring you down to my level. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you, you fumbled a couple words. Sure. It yeah. happens. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm just saying I'm human. I'm human. You are. You are human. I, yeah, you're right. You're, <laughs> there's, a, there's a special level of awkward with some of your ad reads, which I think, re, you know, it reaches a level where I think it becomes endearing again. You know, you go all the I'm way through. I'm trying really hard, though. Like, there's no me being like, I'm going to fuck it up on purpose. It's like, I am, I'm just a dumb person. That's what it You've comes gone, like, to. all the way through bad and out the other side, and it's now funny, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, I think, the, the thing to shoot for. Yeah, that's don't, a- don't just half-ass being bad. If you're going to be bad, be all the way bad so that it's funny to watch. I think you've achieved that. That's something to be proud of. I'm going to put that on my resume. Maybe not as proud as just getting it right in the first place, but right. it's that's- right there. Like, it's the next yeah. best thing. So I, I wouldn't, you know, go with it. Go with it. That can be your stick. You know, the, the terrible ad read guy. Yeah, that's going to get me a lot of money in the future. <laughs> well, so the trick is to, like, make it so bad that, like, the listeners love it, right? Yeah, so even yeah. if the even if the companies are dumping you at rapid rate of knots, you know, the, the <laughs> listeners will keep propping yeah, you exactly. up. Yeah, exactly. Or did they, like, like it so much and feel sorry for you that they buy enough of the company stuff that the companies love it anyway, even if it's terrible? They, you know, they're looking through the data and they're like, I don't know why this is working. But apparently it is. Well, every new company that's going to come on is going to be like, wow, look at how many listeners they have. Mm. Not realizing that within three months, the they're not going to want to be part of the podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we can talk ourselves into Malik Willis. We can talk ourselves into Sam Howell a little bit. Talk to me about Kenny Pickett because mm. he's the one guy that like improved his stock this year significantly. He's the one guy that got better, that had the arc that you want to see, which is, you know, peaking in the final year. And has potentially propelled himself up draft boards. And yet here we are at the scouting combine. And the only thing anybody's ever going to want to talk about is his like tiny, tiny little hands. Yeah. So I got the, I've famously been wrong about like every quarterback <laughs> ever. <laughs> but the one thing I kind of got right was Pickett going into his last year at Pitt um, this past season, this offseason, me and, me and PFF Tony were talking about uh, the returning quarterbacks. And I made the point to say, hey, don't sleep on Kenny Pickett because one of the issues was he was an average quarterback and they gave him an offense that was like difficult, quote unquote. They didn't give him RPOs. They didn't give him screens and receivers were taking it, you know, and making his stats look better. They weren't giving him all that stuff. They were making him throw tough concepts over the middle of the field. And I was like, okay, well, now he's going into his like year... 33 season at Pitt. Like, if he, if it, something clicks and they change the offense a little bit, if something clicks, we could have a big season. And that's exactly what happened. So, but now it's like, okay, well, now we're talking about a different thing here. Now we're talking about going to the NFL where it's like, are you just maxed out already? Like, is that a problem? Yeah. And, and did you, did you have, you know, there's obviously a lot of Joe Burrow comparisons because like Joe Burrow, they, they, they gave him a tough offense to handle. You know, throws over the middle of the field, um, quick game, all that stuff. Um, he handled it well. But Burrow was A-plus accuracy and Pickett is right. B-plus accuracy. Who has the worst quarterback take on their resume between you and me? Is it you with Justin Herbert just can't play uh, on video, which probably makes it worse? Or is it me saying that Tom Brady was no longer a top-five quarterback in the year 2014? But the Brady thing, okay, here's the thing with the Brady thing. Like, it's me. The answer is me. <laughs> but the thing with the Brady thing is, like, and I, 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 it's impossible. I don't want to get in trouble. But it's, like, impossible to look at him, especially 
these past two years in Tampa mm. and be like, that's it's not natural. <laughs> right? Like it's not. Like I'm sorry. You can't like I remember I was talking to um a friend of mine who works at like um Next Gen Stats and he was like he was talking to me about like the the, the velocity charting, the velocity tracking they do on, on throws. Yeah. And Brady is like literally in the same group with like twenty four year olds. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's everything, come on now. Everything about him is better athletically than it was when it, he came in. So league. that's I don't want to say anything else. But it's the avocados in, in the water. And yeah, stuff. It's the avocados. It's the TV twelve. Yeah, it's all the avocados. It's and science. Like, that's what with science this. is. Um, the waitress at Chili's yesterday. I went to Chili's for the first time yesterday. Okay. Um, <laughs> and, and she was hyping up the avocados in the Turkey Avocado Club. Yeah. So she was probably. Did she reference Tom Brady? Yeah, she was trying to force the TB12 method on me okay. at, at the Detroit Airport Chili. Well, that's how they get you. You know, that's it's how like they get, you. get these people out here evangel, you know, evan, evangelizing. Is that the word? I think so. Yeah. Evangelizing about the TB12 method. They they got to hit you at the restaurants where they got that stuff set up. You're a captive audience. You can't it's, get out of there. It's a fake grassroots movie. <laughs> um okay so it's you that's that's the, the upshot of that is you, yeah you have I, think the worst take. I think it's me yeah i mean they're both pretty bad they're both bad <laughs> yeah <laughs> like it's not even that you know that brady just didn't but what was the i don't remember what what was the 2014 season that made now, you... so it made sense it was the one where remember he had that nightmare game against kansas city in like week four oh and, yeah 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 but it, on, it was is, it was the that, summer not... heading into that year right okay and then like four weeks in he has that nightmare against kansas city and i'm almost like taking victory laps like yeah see assholes you gave me all this crap in the summer about this and here he is looking like ass against the chiefs in week yeah. four and basically from that moment on he's yep. been the best quarterback in the league since then yeah yeah Good. so you're a very smart person it, it went bad from that <laughs> from that point on it went, went south and got got pretty ugly um all right, so we've both got some pretty horrible quarterback takes. So, uh, who else we got to talk about? Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. Yeah, so I think Ritter. So Ritter's fun because again, it's like it's like it depends on what you want to see from your quarterback. And like the Cincinnati offense gave him a bunch of like quote unquote NFL concepts his, where he's got to like read out a play. The problem with him is like sometimes he's like not accurate. Isn't Ritter like the classic second round quarterback that like just in this year <laughs> we were now we have to yes. put him in the first round conversation because this this year of quarterbacks are bad. But like in any other I, year, I he's just think a so. standard second round guy. I think obviously he's he does have a cannon. He can move around. Got some really good mobility. Like I said, played in in an offense where conceptually he did like NFL stuff. But then it's like okay, but then the, the, were the results there? It feels like everything is like B minus. That's the that's the thing. Yeah. It's like okay, well, did you make the right reads all the time? Well, I don't know. Did, did he throw the ball over people's heads sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, but I, I Can like he him. move around. Yeah. yeah. Like, but it's not amazing. Yeah. The only thing for him, it's like it, it is an A minus arm. I would say okay. like the arm is pretty good. He's yeah. got a cannon. Um. But yeah, so you're like, oh, okay, it's okay. Right. But again, he's still behind Lawrence. He's still behind Fields. Yeah. He's yeah. Probably I mean, still behind Lance. Right. Like, you know. So yeah. Yeah, with with Corral, it's really just for me. You know, the, our accuracy data on him is not very good. Most of his yards come from screens, RPOs, yeah. and play action. That to me is the thing with Corral. It's like, how do you get past that offense? And like, even the non, um, even when you take away play action, screens, RPOs, um, you see a lot of like. I'm stealing this from my friend Justice Mosqueda, but like he called them like vanity concepts, where it's like Lane Kiffin like just creating something in the dropback game where, for one receiver to get open. 
right. he gets open and Carl throws it to him and here's your here's your explosive play. But like there there's not like a lot of him seeing him go through progression stuff, which like again, is it possible you just we don't know anything about about processing going yeah. from NFL to college. So maybe going from college to NFL. So maybe it, it, he actually does have it, but it is concerning that almost didn't put that on his plate. Yeah, it's it's the fact that it's an unknown that's that can cut both ways, right? Yeah. It can either, and that's why things like interviews are important, right? You throw him out there and you see what he knows, and you ask him those questions, like why the hell, why didn't you get all these concepts? And like the if Mahomes, we drew the one up, what the do you Mahomes do? thing where everyone's like, yeah, we like the Saints said he's the best interview we've ever seen. Obviously, the Chiefs said it was the best interview. Yeah. Clearly, he he and like you see it on his film, he's in in the NFL at least. He's a savant. Yeah. Right. This year was a little weird year for him, but like he's a savant, and that's why he's so good. Yeah. So and you could probably and like you said, you, you could probably find this stuff out. Yeah. There's I mean there's value to that stuff. Like there's in the meetings you can you can find out a lot about a guy in ten minutes, even if the questions are stupid and it sounds like it's ridiculous and there's no purpose to it and all those kind of things. You yeah. just get. You learn a lot yeah. about somebody. You, you learn a lot when you ask them if, if their mother was a prostitute. That's really what 100%. you get yeah. from the NFL. Absolutely. Combine. Really important <laughs> pieces of data that go into the, the spreadsheets and, and give you a different answer than if you were just plotting out, you know, the regular career arc. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, every, how many people have you met in your life where like in the first two minutes, you're like, that guy's an asshole. I'm never talking to him again. Like, yeah. I'm sitting next to one. Right. So... <laughs> This is the same thing, right? The NFL's version of yes, that is you sit down exactly. with a quarterback, and in five minutes you can tell that guy has no business being your starting quarterback, or he does, right? Apparently the Eagles are doing this thing um, for the past couple of years where they have like a NFL, uh, uh, a basketball pop shot. Yeah, that's what Sam Howell was saying. He yeah, the so they shot. have it in the pop shot, the pop shot, and like that shows. Apparently that shows competitiveness. I'm not sure I agree with that, but like <laughs> apparently that's what they're trying to do. Yeah. Like, if you if if the if the quarterback walks in or whatever player walks in, you say, "Hey, you got to get to 15 in 30 seconds or whatever." No, I don't know. I don't know. I'm making up numbers here, but like <laughs> he um, said, he went. Sam Howell said he went two for five for the pop shot, so he's probably not high on their list. Yeah. So that's it. You're not I, mean, what, I, I need to know what the shot is. Like, how far are we talking? Are we? What's the? But disc? I don't think what's the see, range. Think, what's the angle? But I don't think the 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 actual game is the question here. The question you just want is to see how he reacts. To reacts him. to hey, this is a target. We're gonna set a target for you. Yeah. Are you competitive enough to in this like low key environment <laughs> get up for it? Um, it? It does feel like teams overthink this stuff oh a lot. God, it's crazy. But but I do think there is value to the idea that like within five minutes you can get a pretty good idea sometimes of like whether a guy is an asshole. Yeah, or but not. The, and then but then you you get the whole like um what's the the owner of the Brown Haslam. Yeah, uh, yeah, Jimmy has. Yeah, and his him like being like, I shook Deshaun Kaiser's hand. Yeah, I mean, look, you're gonna, and I loved it. At the end I, of the, the day, the grip was it was nine. Right. it was a it was a plus one point five handshake. Like it, it does the the only the flaw with that line of thought is that it does open you up to essentially the subjectivity of whatever guy is on the other end of that, and that guy might be a moron, just happens to be a billionaire. So yeah. that's definitely a problem. But I do yeah. wonder, like, if you sat down. But no billionaires are morons, so they they wouldn't be billionaires, right? That's how it works. I do wonder that, like, that's a joke, by the way. <laughs> that if well, you sat down pre-draft with, because you look back now, right? One of the things I've been intrigued by is like, if you start isolating Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield from like an attitude competitive standpoint, like, why does it work for one guy and not for the other? And everyone's because now, like, revisionist history, it's like, well, Baker's got an attitude problem, and you could see this with the throwing the football dude in the end zone and planting the flag and blah blah. It's like, well, kind of all of that stuff is Burrow Same as well. with Burrow. Same and, with Burrow. And Guess what the difference and is? And nobody cares, right? 
yeah, it works because he's a better quarterback. Of course, like but, that's the, right. But what I'm curious though, if you if you could sort of rewind history and do like back to back those guys, right, and put them mm-hmm. in the room and have ten minute conversation about, would you come out thinking that they're the same guy from a personnel or a personality probably. standpoint, Honestly, or probably. would you actually be able to discern a difference and say, you know what, from the outside it, there's a lot of similarities, but actually this guy, like it, it sort of works with them. You know, there's a leadership thing. There's a there's something different, right? Whereas this guy just kind of seems like an ass. I'm curious. I, you, I don't know. No, I think you would find the same. I think you wouldn't be able to, you know, when I think about the stuff that Joe Burrow was doing, um, okay, maybe it wasn't as, like, obvious as, like, the crotch grab and stuff like that. But when he's, talk, <laughs> when he's like, talking about it, he's, he's, like, you know, looking at the Clemson bench and, and doing the yeah. right thing. Like, and, it's a lot of the same stuff. Dude, they beat Vanderbilt and he was putting up, like, like I threw five, like, the five because right. he threw five touchdowns against Vanderbilt. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's kind of the same thing. So I don't know. Do you think you would be able to discern a difference? I I think Again, probably not. Hindsight tw- yeah, twenty twenty, yeah. we're like, yeah, right. But. I think probably not, but it wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if you came away from like a ten minute conversation with those guys and thought it was slightly different. Okay. You know? So I so again, yeah, I maybe, think, I think maybe. there is potential value to that. The problem is, it does open you up to this world of subjectivity and going by your gut. And if your gut is bad, it's not helping anybody. Um, all right, now we've reached the the peak of the podcast today, which is the <laughs> Manscaped ad read. Um, can I get a round of applause, everyone? It's just me. There you go. See, I got one. Okay, it's two guys. It's not quite a round of applause. It's, <laughs> it's two two people clapping. Um, one of them appeared to be only there using one is. hand as well. Wow. There you go. Anyway, today I'm excited to announce Manscaped launched their ultimate premium collection. Believe it or not, it's uh, it's for your not so private parts. I'm talking about a leveled up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent. This is an all in one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man that covers you. From head to toe, literally, it puts in parentheses there. It's important. <laughs> uh, Manscaped is trusted below the waist, and now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off with free shipping with the promo code PFF. Uh, I'd recommend using the products in this order, Seth. Number one, hop in the shower and scrub a dub dub that body with the Manscaped body wash. Number two, lather your hair up with the two-in-one shampoo conditioner to keep your noggin toggin. I can use that because I, I can't, you know, so it's more, more for I, you than me. That one. I, I do a very good job of pretending I'm not bald. Trust me. I'm great. It's not good. It's uh, not good up there. <laughs> number three, dry off and spray on the hydrating body moisturizer to reinvigorate dry skin. Number four, put on the Manscaped deodorant for obvious reasons. Number five, pop that Manscaped lip balm on. No one is out here kissing chapped up lips. Getting dressed after is optional, though in this particular scenario, I'd say highly recommended. Um, wear one great scent all day long. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. The power of attraction is now in a bottle, thanks to Manscaped. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So uh, people that do a good job of disguising being bald. Uh, I had to drive back home yesterday for my kids' play, Aladdin. And there was a guy in front of me in the, the bleachers, the seats, whatever, who had like this perfect luscious full head of wavy hair like phenomenal head of hair like that's that's outstanding at this point yeah. and then when you look when you saw it from behind it was just this like egg sized complete bald spot just absent like yeah. someone had ripped out a patch of his hair and well, i'm like i can does he know that because from the does front he know that from the front that's like a perfect hairline like boom everywhere full head like thick coverage all over the place but just that one it's like someone's just ripped out a patch of so his hair. So I have, 
I have the ball spot in the back and like the nice thing about it being in the back is like I don't I don't have any sort of like wrap around mirror where I see it. <laughs> right. And you're not confronted by the bliss. Yeah, you're not confronted by the the shame of it on a daily basis. Exactly. Whereas me, you know, it's all going from the front. Yeah. It's you're just daily confronted by yeah. the the sadness of your own situation. I'm confronted by the sadness of my life very often, <laughs> actually. But I was just I was sitting there, you know, during this play of eight year olds doing whatever crap they do for Aladdin, and you're like does he know? Like, is he completely unaware that there's like a giant chunk of his hair missing at the back of his head? Or is that the kind of thing you feel as you run your hands through your luscious head of hair? You're like, hang on, there's a, I, I, these are the things I think about. When How I'm, was the play? It was okay. So, great to your kids. My kid was fine. My <laughs> kid, I mean, you know, she was good. She, so she initially went for the part of Jasmine, right? One of the yeah. lead roles in Aladdin. Didn't get yeah. it. She the, just played a tree. She played like <laughs> she played like Agrabah number five or something, go. right? But you got to start somewhere. Yeah, the the kid that did get Jasmine Sucked. is is Negative the point five. She's grade. the daughter of the head of the PTA. I'm not. That, oh, buddy. I'm just putting. I'm just putting out facts. I, I'm not saying it had anything to do with that. I'm just saying that, that that's the, that's the reality. Okay. The second reality is that kid was terrible. <laughs> now look, there was a lot of good kids, a lot of fine performances. That kid wasn't one of them. Okay. nobody knows what school district they don't know where it is i'm not naming the child i'm not naming and shaming the eight-year-old i'm just saying she wasn't very good so we have data points now right potentially corrupt process right and but we, the problem is we don't know the, about processing going from atlantis to the little mermaid it's true like we don't know maybe it was just the wrong be... maybe it was just the wrong play for her exactly maybe her skills lie elsewhere there maybe she could be a treat give her waiting for godot and let's see if she can cook with that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's entirely possible. Yeah. You need the right situation, the right environment around you for you to flourish. And I'm, I'm really directing my blame in the wrong place. Will you be directing the next play at the school? No, God, no. Oh, she she wants me to coach her soccer team, though. <laughs> I so don't want to do it. She, uh, yeah, she, she, she played soccer last season or whatever. And it was one of the most pathetic athletic endeavors <laughs> I've ever Just... seen. Shit, nonstop not, shitting on kids. Not just for her, but all of them. Kids. All of them. Like the the most likely way to score a goal was from your own goal kick and concede one. Like that was the most <laughs> the most likely scenario was the goalkeeper would kick it immediately to the opposing striker and they would fire it right back in the goal. That was the most likely way a goal was being scored. My my biggest problem. So I didn't grow up playing soccer, um, but I played like in like these like adult leagues in my twenties and whatever, and I was so. So when you don't grow up playing it and then you grow up and you start watching soccer and like, you know, as you grow up in, in, in North America, it's obviously different, but like from where you grew up, but so like, you know, 2006, 2007, start watching soccer. So I'm watching the Pep Guardiola Barcelona team hmm. and I'm thinking, and I'm playing like fullback and I don't know any better. So we're yeah. in like a, we're in like a final game, the championship match. You're like ticky tacky, and I'm trying to tick, and I I conceded three turnovers that led directly to goals, <laughs> and we lost three two because I just don't know any better. Presumably by trying to attempt like a four yard pass as well. Like I just gave it back to him immediately. That's yeah, it's like oh, we're to gonna play the goalie. The goalie is available. The goalie yeah. is like I've seen Javi. I've like, seen Javi yeah, do this. Exactly. I just I just pass it five pass yards to, to my goalie. right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, look, yeah. it's a learning curve for all of us. Um. So I think the upshot of this is we don't love this quarterback class. 
we we think we <laughs> no, can talk. We were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, somewhere back in the distant memory, we were talking about actual NFL players in the combine and stuff uh, before we got onto shitting on eight year olds and Aladdin. Um, we don't love the quarterback class. We think we can talk ourselves into Malik Willis, maybe Sam Howell. Yeah, you Ritter. I can I can see Ritter. Pickett Pickett's the one where he you have to hit on processing with Pickett. Yes, that's the issue. How much do you care about the hand size thing? I actually Burrow, saw Burroughs was nine, right? Which nine right. is he's going to be shorter. Yes, than nine. nine is supposed to be the cutoff, yeah. right? It's like if you clear nine, you're okay, but we don't like it. You know, but if you're under nine, and I saw um, he's supposed to be like eight and a quarter or something. I saw our Kevin Cole um, write an article about like stuff that translates from the combine, right. and like hand size, hand size for both receiver and quarterback translates pretty well for like PFF WAR. So this is why I didn't love my ability to catch. I have small hands. But like this is the thing that like nobody talks about and I've been around quarterbacks and receivers for my whole life and then I and I and when, every time I look back and I think about the quarterbacks that I've coached and the good ones I'm just like, "Oh right, this kid had freakishly big hands." Yeah. Have you ever seen Brett Favre hold a football? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. His, his little finger comes down like almost the bottom of the ball. It's like it's like, yeah, of course insane. he's going to be a good quarterback. Right. And then saying I think there's something I think there's definitely something to it for receivers. Like the side, like Larry Fitzgerald's hands, right, go up to like here. Yeah. Like, think of just the literally the percentage surface area he has to play with. That guy should never drop a ball. Like, it's insane. Um, so I think there's definitely something to that. And if Pickett 100%. comes in here with like eight and a quarter inch hands, that's going to scare the hell out of a lot of people, even if the story is double jointed, but like, whatever. Like, they're only eight and a half, eight and a half that's inches. It. To at cross. the end of the day, that's the measurement. Yeah. So it does scare me a little bit. And again, so he's going to have to be perfect at everything else. And it's a good thing for him that, like, Burrow, you know, just looks amazing based off nine, and it's good, but it's still going to scare the crap out of teams for a guy that they didn't love in the first place um, and definitely not do his stock any good. Yeah. All right. I think we're done. I think we've written oh, off this QB perfect. class. They're, they're out of here. All, they all suck. Yeah, they all suck, but we like Malik Willis's arm and running ability, so we'll take him high anyway, and then live with the fact that we get fired over it down the line. Oh, uh, I've, I've, you know, theoretically been fired from every fake GM job. That Perfect. I've had, yeah. So. Um, so that'll do it for this podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with the latest in our series of fixing your team in five minutes. That's quote unquote five minutes. It's actually a lot longer than that, but you know, if you listen to this podcast, you'll understand that. Thank you very much, Seth. It's been fun. Anytime. I didn't think we'd get on to, you know, Tiki Taka soccer, Xavi, Aladdin. Is Xavi's bringing back Barcelona now. I mean, look, sort of. I wouldn't go that they've far. They've been, hey, the past like four games, they've been on fire. Yes, four games. Yeah, right. Four games. I'm also quite intrigued how they've like somehow brushed away being like a billion dollars in debt and somehow it's not a problem anymore. <laughs> they went, they signed like three players that start for them now in, yeah. in January. Yeah. So right, it's, we'll that's kind of weird. But anyway. That's been the uh, the PFF NFL podcast. We'll see you again tomorrow.